You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. this episode we'll be talking about fella cootie and the africa 70 and their album zombie on the line i have rob yes sir and ben that is correct zombie is a studio album by nigerian afrobeat musician fella cootie was released uh in nigeria by coconut records in 1977 and in the uk by creole records in 1977 it was produced by fella cootie and the Genre is Afrobeat, and I'm going to read from All Music Review, Sam Samuelson. Zombie was the most popular and impacting record that Fellow Cootie in the African 70 would record. It ignited the nation to follow Fellow's lead and antagonize the military zombies that had the population by the throat. Fella is direct and humorous in his attack as he barks out commands to the soldiers like, Attention! Double up, fall in, fall out, fall down, get ready. Meanwhile, his choir responds with zombie in between each statement. Since the groove was so absolutely contagious, it took the nation by storm. People in the street would put on a blank stare and walk with hands front proclaiming zombie. Whenever they would see soldiers, if zombie caught the attention of the populace, it it caught the attention of the authority figures. This would cause a devastating personal and professional effects as the Nigerian government came down on him with absolute brutal force not long after the release of this record. The album also featured Mr. Follow Follow, which fell in closely with the mood and tempo of Zombie. All right, what do we think of Felkuti, Africa 70, Zombie? Shoulder bopping the whole goddamn time, like funky as hell and... Afrobeat, uh, Afrobeat, so fucking cool! It's so cool. I didn't st- realize. I'm not surprised, but I didn't realize that Fela coined the term Afrobeat to describe his own music. <laughs> Why not, man? <laughs> yeah. Fucking cool ass dude. Are there really 70 people on this record? No, and I don't think there's 80 people in the Egypt 80. I, I think he was assigning a number. It's from uh, the year. Right, that they were, they sort of formed. Oh, that up. makes sense. Yeah, oh, so that makes what, way more sense. <laughs> when he, when he rechristened the band the Egypt Eighty, it very well may have been in nineteen eighty, but he was trying to draw attention that the Egyptian civilization that gets so many heralds in in, in our culture is an African entity and should be claimed by Africa as part of African culture, hmm. which he wanted to like draw attention to that. 
uh, but renaming his band to Egypt 80. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I thought this, I mean, if you can't get down to this kind of music, then we got no know. business hanging. I guess not. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> if this doesn't move you in some way to find rhythm, it, it most likely you just don't have it. You're just not going to find it because this is uh, so infectious. So it's everything Buddhist band wished they were. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, Birchie, from your your uh, reading at the beginning, it sounds like to the to the country of Nigeria, uh, the 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 dance that people were or the what people were doing with uh, to zombie was like the original weekend at Bernie's dance. Yes. Yes. Doing the Bernie. Yeah. Doing, the, doing the original thriller. Doing the oh, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. This is where a zombie came from, man. And you mentioned that the government cracked down in retaliation. Uh, do you want to get into that a little bit? Man, yeah, let's get you, into it. You, you absolutely, Ben. You got into this like the last one because I don't know if we, if you knew that we were doing another fellow Cootie record. But yes, please. <laughs> get, get, I know we got get, into it in the last one. But tell me how. T- tell me again how brutal for, the government was because of this record. For any people that aren't one thousand one album club completionists out there, uh, yeah. So at this point, Fela and his extended band and fam were all living at a uh, a. I mean, for lack of a better word, like commune compound that that Fela had built called uh, Calakuta. Uh, like Calcutta, but Calcutta. It, it had uh, housing for everyone that worked with him, worked for him, and and close others, uh, his family. It had free healthcare. It had a recording studio where he would record all this stuff. I think it had like a hotel and a and a nightclub and all this stuff. And he had declared it independent from Nigeria. It was a republic within a republic, which the Nigerian government. Th- thought was pretty unseemly and not a good look for them <laughs> to have a Republic within a Republic. Then. So zombie comes out, this scathing attack on, on Nigerians government and an army. They conduct a raid on uh, Calicuta. Uh, 1000 soldiers uh, raided it during the night. They beat Fela. They, they were beating him to death, according to Fela. And he would have died had not a commanding officer intervened and told him to lay off they threw his mother, his sorry, his mother, uh, Funmilayo, uh, who in her day was a feminist activist in uh, in the anti-colonial movement. They threw her out of a second-story window. She went to a coma for eight weeks, and then she ended up dying. They burnt the commune to the ground. They destroyed the studio. They destroyed all of the gear, uh, all of his master tapes, and the homes for where him and everybody he was affiliated with lived. They just, they raised it to the ground. Calicuta was wiped off the map. That was retaliation. So what Fela does is he delivers his mom's coffin to the, to the general's house at, uh, at the Dayton uh, barracks. And, uh, and he, and he composes two new songs, a coffin for the head of state and, uh, an unknown soldier and that unknown soldier is referring to the official inquiry by the Nigerian government into what happened at the uh, Calcutta Republic, uh, where they claimed that it was destroyed by an unknown soldier. It's fucking insane, man. Yeah. 
they murdered his mom by throwing her out of a fucking window. Mm-hmm. They were so pissed off at this at at him for for this record for music and, and, and for for, mu- for music. Yeah, I Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I've never I I've never heard of such retaliation for a song or or music. It seems like the most extreme thing. Uh, you know. It's it's like a min it's right? it's like a a war. I mean he he basically was calling them out for brutalizing people, and then they just like proved the point by doing the thing that he was calling them out for. Man, so another thing that Fela did was on the on the year anniversary of the attack on Calicuta Republic. You know the 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 headline is he marries twenty seven women. Uh, and you know, and you know, the tabloids will run with it like they will. But what was actually going on is the, these women are had been displaced by they no longer have a home, they no longer have a line of work because the recording studio is destroyed. A lot of these women are composers and dancers and singers for for Fela and his projects. All of a sudden, they have no work, no home, uh, they're unmarried. And they are at risk of becoming destitute. And so what Fela does is he marries all of them to to protect them. And according to him, he doesn't have a marital relationship with all of them. How many he does have a marital relationship with, I, I don't know. You know, yeah, but let's not let's not say he's a saint in this scenario. No, no. But he doesn't have a marital relationship with all of them. The the marriage is more so just to make it official on the books and help protect these women from from being, you know, homeless and jobless in Nigeria. And also at the time, there were rumors going around unfounded that him and his band members were kidnapping women that they would like lure them onto the compound and then brainwash them or whatever. And Fela and the women kind of felt that by, by making their relationship official via marriage, they would help like dispel these, these claims that people are there against their will. Now what's actually happening at the compound. I've, I've no idea, (laughs) you know, go and quench, go and kill, Go and die without all of us. Go and die. Go and quench. Go and kill without all of us. Jorajara Joro. Zombie when I want way. Jorajara Joro. Zombie when I want way. Jorajara Joro. Zombie when I want way. Jorajara Joro. Ah, the compound. When are we yeah, going to start he, our compound? Uh, he ended up later on, I guess, switching. Uh, like he, but it was there 26 women he married? Was that he it? He married 27. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, he, he ended up like having a rotating like uh, like yearly 13 and then 14 and then 14 and then 13 or whatever. Like uh, it was women that were like i guess living with him at that some point in time i i it wasn't too clear actually on the uh on, on the article i was reading but i, I, I know I like just too, and I, I don't know the details but yeah he started rotating them out 
Not wonderful. What do we think about this album? I think the album's fucking amazing. Uh, it's fucking awesome. Was there, did Fella Cootie's like drummer or bassist just die recently? Is that a thing that happened? Ginger Baker died recently. Yeah. No, not, not Ginger. Um, God, I thought there, I thought there was somebody from this band that, in the, like, who was like on thousands. Oh, yeah, of no, 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 no. You're right. It was the drummer. Yeah, the drummer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And of course, there's not a personnel on the Wikipedia page. Shit. Of I course would, not. I, I, of I course would, not. Yeah, I would know they, his name most days, but yeah, yeah. He's the drummer that's playing with Ginger Baker on those like those drum duets that are going on on that other album we covered. Yeah. 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 He died recently. Oh. Sorry about that. Pioneering <laughs> Afrobeat percussionist. Yeah. For some reason, the shaker ray doesn't. Escapes me this moment. Yeah. What do you think of this shaker ray, Rob? It, it doesn't bother me in this scenario. I, I don't know what's different about this. Is it because someone's not wearing Birkenstocks uh, with loose fitting pants and an ironic t shirt shaking it, doing nothing but shaking a shaker ray? Yeah, I think that's probably it. Uh, at least part of it. I also think that the person doing this doesn't think it's the most important thing that's ever happened in his life. <laughs> I, I doubt he, that this is the only dedicated thing that he does in a band. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe like this is his trial period. He's hoping to work his way up to cowbell. That's right. <laughs> I bet those parties at that compound were wild, though. I yeah, mean, I bet they were. They they had to do nothing but. <laughs> I mean the the nightclub would have been just the band practicing I guess every yeah. night getting wild and I, I'd read stories about Fela and his his preferred I mean it's been years since I've read this story I should have buffed up on it today but his like preferred intoxicant of choice he would get like he would get like cheap weed by like the bushel and then he would just cook it down until it was like a softball of hash. And that was what he liked. <laughs> the entire softball? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're telling me he enjoyed a headache. <laughs> yeah. The crazy thing, too, is I had uh, had read that he, I mean, he obviously had a lot of conflicts with the Nigerian government, arrested three dozen times or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but his infatuation with the marijuana came uh, from a visit to California. No shit. Yeah. Uh, so he enjoyed openly smoking during his performances, encouraged others to follow suit. And it was kind of like a bit of a rebellious uh, attitude to smoke in plain view of everybody to sort of challenge the conservative values of sort of the government, the people. Um but obviously just got him arrested a lot. <laughs> uh, but I, I really, yeah, admire him for his willingness to sort of not only play this music. I mean, he could have played it safe. He had, he had the opportunity, but really challenge um, a brutal regime and, and sort of uh, uh, freak out the norms <laughs> in a way. I know that he was, he was, Briefly in L.A., I think in 69, uh, him and the band were in L.A. and they didn't have work permits and they almost immediately got kicked out. 
but they were there long enough to to record a session at a Los Angeles studio that later got released as like the Los Angeles sessions or whatever. Uh, I'm assuming that that's probably, yeah. that was the same California trip. Yeah. Yeah. It was around that time. You're right. I get the same feeling from this as I do a, a lot of the early James Brown music, maybe some of the Sly and the family stone, but the James Brown music is just tight. It's just tight, tight playing. Um, and it's got that energy. It's like kinetic music. There's something, um, something going on. And sort of the shout, shouts, the howls, the repetitive nature of those things, of the chorus repeating zombie, zombie. Yeah, you just can't deny it. It just gets in your head and, man, so good. It's really cool stuff. His son still tours fronting the Egypt 80, uh, Femi, Femi Kuti. I've never had the privilege of uh, seeing him. Have either of you guys been able to catch Femi in the Egypt 80? No, I have not. And I know that they have been around um, in our town before. Uh, yeah, yeah they, did for- they did Forecastle. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, a couple years back, Adam and Sarah went and saw him. Uh, they said it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in t- I'm very interested in going to see him. Yeah. If the, if we can if we're ever allowed to go outside again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get this going. <laughs> oh, Bert, are you gonna edit out all of our COVID nineteen stuff so people don't know that we were languishing inside for no. months and months and months? No, it's 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 good. We all got right. it. Uh, cool. I did find it interesting that there are only two songs. Twenty five minute twenty five minutes. For this original LP, two songs, two sides. I think that oh. about Fela, I think it was Raftery Died. It was like 97 or 98. And I, I went out and I bought a Fela CD. And the CD I got was Expensive Shit slash He Miss Road. And it was four tracks. And it was about regular album length. It was like just under an hour. But now I know that like Expensive Shit and He Miss Road were each their own albums. They just combined them for a CD. So I... Th- it seems like he kind of was in the habit of doing two 15-minute track, like, half-hour albums. Yeah. Man, I fucking dig it. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that that's a, like, especially for, you know, I guess the music that's in our ears, like, that's plenty. That, yeah. Because, that, 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 I mean, uh, on a... That 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 there is a perfect record. Like, th- these two tracks that we're listening to right now, like no fault whatsoever. But then, you know, the following, uh, the, the other two tracks that were on the, the one that I listened to, I liked them as well. The old, with the exception of the 78 recording, the live, uh, Berlin, uh, jazz thing. The only problem I had with it was that fucking shitty keyboard that they're, they're playing on stage. It sounds like <laughs> fucking dog shit. <laughs> Everything else sounds great. That fucking keyboard sounds like absolute fucking dog shit. <laughs> I also found out that his band all left him after that show because they <laughs> yep. thought he was going to use the money from it yeah. to fund his presidential campaign. Yeah. Valid concern, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Did it turn out to be true? I don't know, but that seems very probable. Like, like that, se- that seems like something that I would also be concerned about if I was in Fela's band at that time. You know, he, he, 
he he's such a, a a challenging presence to the the government in, in Nigeria. It's like almost as big as his musical influence for him to have political aspirations is n- not unlikely, you know? Yeah. yeah. I guess that was probably when he took a couple of years off and then formed the Egypt. I mean, right? yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, after the 70 quit, you know? yeah. <laughs> he did run for president in 79. I mean, oh, well, <laughs> no, there you go. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his Man. his candidacy was refused, you know. I just can't. I mean. You know, there's always the the sort of joke in rock and roll bands or, I mean, Metalocalypse or anything where it's like, oh, this song's going to cause riots and people to go crazy and tear down the walls and stuff. And it's like, yeah, not really. That doesn't really happen. But in this case, this song, this album, what can you say? I mean, it seemed to have influenced people into tearing down the walls becoming politically motivated making him an enemy of the state literally the only thing that i know also did that was stravinsky uh, oh that's right yep rights of spring yep. in uh in paris that caused a riot yeah well, how about scorpions wind of change you're talking about tearing down walls man <laughs> oh whoo, whoo. <laughs> That, you mean happened like, that, that happened like two months after that song was released. You, you mean that uh, that CIA song? <laughs> yes, yes, I, yes, I have listened to that podcast. And oh, I man. love it. <laughs> I don't. I don't buy it. I do. I, don't, I, do no, I don't buy it either. But it, it's it's a it's a great story, and there's just enough of there's just enough of parts in it that are like oh yeah that could happen that keeps it fun the whole time. I just I, I just I I can't buy that anyone good enough to write that song would have been working for the CIA. Oh, I buy that. I think CIA's got fucking talent on their hands. Uh, go on. <laughs> no, no, I think that the the I think that the the theory that a songwriter skilled enough to write a pop song like that could also be CIA. I, I think that that's plausible. I think All that right. or, or maybe not our CIA, but at least are a like an operative used by them yeah when we when we, we get br- to the are we getting to the scorpions i'm yeah, sorry yeah, we're, I'm we're, sure, we're, we're, we're sure we're like staying right yeah, i love first thing uh, <laughs> okay let good. me bring that back though to fellow cootie was also an outspoken critic of the united states at a meeting during his 1981 amsterdam tour he complained about the quote psychological warfare that the American organizations like ITT and the CIA waged against developing nations in terms of language. Yeah, man, psyops. Hey, Just yep. like wind of change. No. Fella knew it. <laughs> <laughs> knew what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I trust you? fella. I trust fella more than I trust any of those CIA Sorry, spooks, yeah, man. I keep saying fella. <laughs> it's fella. Gosh. Uh, what do you think of this album, though? It's fucking great, man. Yeah, like, it's unstoppable. I, 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 I have yet to hear a Fela Cootie song that doesn't get my fucking ass shaken. I fucking love it. 
it's so it's so funky and it it, it just like it just enough jazz yeah and i don't really like jazz and then it's like oh wait yeah i do because i like fella cootie but it's afrobeat but it's definitely jazz you know like it, it's just it's such a like yeah it's it's he it, he's fucking James Brown of of Nigeria and but but more so than James Brown, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess I guess he's not doing like the front man stuff, but like all this fucking music is so tight and good, so fucking good. At this point in his career, he had self christened himself or christened himself uh, with the, the name Anikalapo, which means he who carries death in his pouch which inferred that Fela has control over his own demise and will only die when he decides that it is time to die because he carries death in his pouch. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So he, he died in, in what was like, it was like 97, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And according to his brother, he, he died of, uh, of issues uh, related to AIDS, but there is a large movement of people that that do not believe this. That like, I don't know what what they're basing this on, whether or not he was healthy recently or not showing symptoms. But they think that was a hoax. I don't know if they think that he was taken out, or if they think that he just chose it was his time to go because he has that power, or what. But uh, his death from AIDS is disputed among Fela fans. Yeah, this album's awesome. I feel like uh, Fela is is dance music for people who might not like world music. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Afro Afro beat is just that sort of rhythm, world rhythm that just gets you up and moving around and feels great to sort of. It's chanting. It's just puts you under a spell, sort of. Yeah, we, cool. As we touched on at the top, at the top here, if this music doesn't, if you don't feel it in your butt, if it does not make you move, then uh, you, you don't have a pulse, and 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 there's no hope for you. I'm sorry. Uh, I hope you enjoy podcasts because I hope you, it, it, I hope you enjoy uh, Kenny G. <laughs> uh, next time we'll be talking about Peter Tosh. Legalize it. All right, thanks, y'all.